does Talk About Books, baby, where we talk with your favorite LGBTQ plus authors. This is Anita Kelly, and happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Uh, happy Valentine's to listeners, podcast supporters, uh, LGBTQ book readers and writer supporters. Um, but since it's that time for love, who better to have on the show than who I consider to be the queen of romance, Aurora Ray. Welcome, Aurora. Thank you so much for having me. And what high praise, because I know there are a ton of fantastic romance authors that you have had on this podcast. So uh, getting to be your Valentine's guest feels extra, extra special. Ah, because you are extra, extra special in my book. So all the extras. Yes, yes. I love talking with you. You're the best. So thank you again for being here. Well, thank you. I'm I'm excited. Yeah. So, you know, I was uh, preparing for today and and I saw that you have a book called Rue for Two, which is due out in May, correct? It is. I, uh, I'm just working on the copy edits now. Oh, wonderful. So can you tell us a little bit about it? Give us a little teaser. Sure. I am. I'm super excited for this one. Um, it is going back to small town louisiana um the town of duchenne and we get a character with her own cooking show which is like you know one of my uh dream careers i don't think i could handle that but it would be fun um uh, but it also features my first trans main character which i'm super excited about um anyone who has read my book you again um which features a second chance romance between high school sweethearts kate and sutton uh kate's brother bryce um is a a pretty strong secondary character in that book and this is his story oh nice nice i didn't realize that that was another great book you again i really enjoyed that um, Thank you. Yeah, and I kind of remember Bryce. So this is cool because, you know, it's not often, at, at least for me, that I see a lot of um, books that have a strong trans, you know, main character. So this is wonderful. Yeah, I think it's definitely something that we're seeing more of, which is always really exciting the way, you know, 20 years ago, um, seeing any kind of queer character, um, lesbian character. I think I lost you for a minute. Yeah, so I'm super excited. Uh, Bryce was uh, a secondary character in You Again. Um, He's Kate's brother. Um, And so it's really fun. I love writing shared world stories. They're not really a series. You don't have to, you know, they're all standalones. You can read them one off, but you get to see some familiar faces. Um, Anyone who read You Again hopefully got to know Bryce a little bit and thinks he's a nice guy and deserves his own happily ever after. So I think it'll be really fun. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I I love that, you know, these other characters pop up in in new books, like when you didn't expect it. Um, And it's not really about them, but they're there. So it's cool. Um, So uh, you have, you just talked about Kate and Sutton and Bryce. How how do you select the names of your characters? (laughs) Um, It's, it's a... It's an eclectic process. Yeah. Um, if if the character has a specific kind of heritage or ethnicity, 
um, or her family or his family has, you know, um, kind of roots somewhere. I'll, I'll sort of use that as a jumping off point. Um, typically when I write butch femme romances, which is kind of my bread and butter, if you will, mm-hmm. um, I like to be able to give and, uh, butch characters androgynous names, mm-hmm. um, which is, is really fun. I, I have lots of, uh, really great butch friends and some of them have been, uh, sort of live their lives with sort of super feminine girly names. And, you know, there's some groaning about that. So mm-hmm. it's like a little gift I get to bestow on which characters that they get. Oh, nice. They get a fun, a fun name. That's nice. That's awesome. Yeah. You know that when, when you said that about androgynous, androgynous names, that song um, popped in my head, uh, Androgyny by, um, uh, damn, now I can't even think of her name. Uh, she's an old uh, old rocker from probably like the 80s. I can't even place that song, although I'm Joan sure Jett. I Joan Jett. Joan Jett. That's it. Well, gotta love Joan Jett. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that <laughs> song is great, too. I love it. And it was well before its time, really, I think. Um, so um, in in all of your books, right, you have a slew of them. Um, what is your most favorite romantic scene? <sighs> That's such a hard question. Is it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you try to give, or I try to give every book um, at least one scene that's truly magical um, and kind of suits the characters and, you know, whether it's the first kiss or kind of the moment they realize they're in love. Um, so I think, I think, I think there's really an effort to try to do that. Um, but I have to confess, I was actually just flipping through the last place you look, um, for something else. And I was reminded how kind of personal, uh, that story was to me and at a particular time in my life, but I think really universally in terms of what I personally crave, um, in a romance, in a partnership, um, in sort of a setting. And so there's a scene in that book where um, they watch a meteor shower in the bed of a pickup truck uh, that I think might be kind of the creme de la creme of romance as far as I'm concerned. Okay. All right. I could see that. I, I could see you doing that for sure. Um, definitely. And, and, you know, you mentioned that book and, and like, I could see you in that whole like scene, like that whole scenario, like, um, uh, the setting, I guess. Um, it it just seems like that would be you. Well, thanks. It is an upstate New York summertime book, which is, you know, kind of a magical time and place to be. And on this, you know, frigid January day. I definitely find myself thinking about those summer nights. Yeah, but it's February. Oh, it's February. It's not January anymore. No, it's, yeah, yeah. We're, we're moving I'm losing, on. I'm losing all track of days, times. It's not spring break yet. That's no. how I, there's New Year's and there's spring break and everything else in the middle is a jumble. That's what happens when you work at a college. I remember those days. Everything was geared around the breaks. 
<laughs> right? Yep. Just gotta get to that next one. It's fine. It's uh-huh. fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. It's it's a totally different life. Other people are like, "What? What are you talking about?" So right. So, um, Aurora, a lot of your books, at, at least lately, have been really centered around food and beverages. Right? Is <laughs> yeah. is that is that something that like you really value and hold dear in life? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, I think for me, it's one of the ways um, that I think people show care. I think it's one of the sort of the top ways that people can show care and community um, for each other. So it seems really natural that, that that's kind of one of the expressions um, characters cooking for each other and, and that sort of thing. But I have to confess, like, I'm just a foodie at heart. I, I contemplated culinary school when I was looking at colleges. Um, I had a cake bakery business for a while. Wow. I definitely had fantasies of my own cooking show or a rope running a bakery and doing it full time. And so writing books in restaurants and bakeries and farms and cideries is, is just sort of a way I get to play around in that world and go to really cool restaurants and cideries and wineries and call it research. You know, I was going to ask you about that. That is, that is awesome. Um, Like that's where you get to conduct your research at all of these little places, right? Yeah. That's one of the, the fun secrets they don't tell you when you start writing books is that uh, you can craft whole plot lines and characters and settings around things you want to go do (laughs) and it counts as research (laughs) that is nice that is wonderful so have you been to cideries in upstate new york yeah there there are so many around where i live in addition to wineries and distilleries and breweries it's it's kind of this this great kind of culture of um kind of small batch, small business, um, kind of creative people. Um, and there are a couple very close to me uh, that I visited, that I spent time at, um, and one in particular, um, I've, I've shouted them out on my social media accounts, Eve Cidery, um, is this really amazing, super small operation. Um, and they do some amazing ciders, but they've also done some kind of behind the scenes tours and tastings and events. So I've really gotten to immerse myself in that little world. Um, And so that's definitely inspired me a lot. Um, And I'd like to shout them out because you can order from them online. So uh, if anybody wants to have that experience, um, definitely check them out. All right. Shout out to Eve Cidery in upstate New York. Van Etten, I think, is the little town they're in. All right. Van Etten. Cool. You know, since I, I read um, your, I guess it's hard pressed and, uh, there was another one, right? About cideries. Yeah. Greener pastures. Greener pastures. All right. So I started becoming more aware of what was around me because there's, there's like tons of wineries around me. Um, and, uh, and I have noticed a couple cideries as well, um, which I never would have paid attention to before I read your stuff. So. I love that. You might, you might have to go dabbling yourself. Thank you for enlightening me. So, um, you know, I, I, I also wanted to tell you your book, 
uh, Rue for Two, um, I have two cookbooks that one of my brothers gave me, and it's called But Can You Make a Rue? Part one and part two. <laughs> it's, it is kind of like a Southernism. Yeah. Um, first You Make a Rue um, is actually the name of her cooking show. Um, but there was a cookbook we had when I was growing up, and it was called Who's Your Mama? Are You Catholic? And Can You Make a Rue? Yes, I've seen that. <laughs> Which is, I mean, it's one of those like rites of passage. If you're from Louisiana, that like that's how you kind of just prove you're legit. For sure. Yep, definitely. You are so right. That is awesome. That's great. So um, who is, all right, so we're talking about it's Valentine's Day and mm -hmm. love and romance. So who is your favorite couple from one of your own books? And then who's your favorite I'll say all-time favorite from uh, someone else's books that you've read. <laughs> um, favorite couple from my books. Again, it's a little bit like picking your like favorite children. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's funny because I've had a conversation with someone where they ask, like, who would you want, most want to hang out with? Mm -hmm. um, which is very different than like, who do you most relate to, right? They're, they're sort of different. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay on brand with this one and I'm gonna go uh, Julia and Taylor from The Last Place You Look because I think that still is sort of like, not, not Julia sort of devastating having to move back home because her life exploded. But everything else about that book um, feels deeply, resonant with kind of who I am and and what I love and want and aspire to I guess you could say that's so cool because I think um out of all your books I would say um Taylor is really like salt of the earth you know yeah yeah she's she's super old school and you know I've I've gotten a few dings from readers along the way that like she in particular is like a little too nice. Um, but man, you know, who doesn't love a, a chivalrous, old fashioned butch character who works with her hands? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's awesome. Or maybe it's just me. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, I think you're onto something for sure, right? Um, yeah. you, you have an audience. Um, and she is, she's like, she is, uh, I don't think she's too good. I, I definitely believe there are people out there like that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm naive. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so so in books that are not your own, mm -hmm. um, and, and it can be any genre, anything you read throughout your, your life, who's your favorite couple? I... I always cringe over questions like this because Sorry. worse than having to pick like your the favorite of your own children is like picking among like trying to say which of your friends children yeah is the smartest and most attractive right yeah. like that's even worse yeah that's that's true so but, but... i'm gonna cheat and i'm gonna go way back to the og couple in in sort of my reading realm um that has been with me since probably 10th grade 
And that's Elizabeth and Darcy from Pride and Prejudice, um, which is a little cliche, I know, but I actually really like it because I think one of the one of the reasons that they're such an iconic couple is that they both, you know, they they speak their mind and they butt heads. Um, and they're they're sort of both really strong personalities who at the end of the day have to bend a little and admit that they're wrong. Um, and I think I just I love that, not because I um, I think because I, I actually sort of aspire to that. I tend to be um, a little bit of a yes person um, and that's gotten me into trouble in life. Sure. Again. Um, and so but there are good uh, aspects of that, too. There are there are, um, you know, I, this is what happens when you talk to a psychology person slash podcast host. Uh, there's always a little bit of analysis that happens, a little therapy. Um, but yeah, so I think I think one of the things that makes them so magical is is their 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 arc as individual characters and as a couple. So yeah, okay, that makes sense to me. Um, do you believe you use that, or are any of your characters kind of aligned with them? With Elizabeth and Darcy, um, you know, I've not written like like an homage to to that story. I know a lot of people do. Um, yeah, inspired by, um, and I haven't done that. I you know might one day because who can resist? But <laughs> I I think I think I use those characters when I'm really trying to channel strong, kind of fiercely opinionated, independent characters because that's not necessarily my own nature, but I don't want to always write characters that are that are my nature. Um, and so looking to really well developed uh, characters that that other people have done can be just sort of like a, a, a lesson in how it's done, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so what was the first book that made you cry? Real tears of joy tears. or sadness. <laughs> when I read this question on your list, I laughed because um, there was probably something like, you know, uh, along the way. Um, but the one that immediately came to mind was... Um, too young to die which you've probably never heard of no. but was a ya book that i read probably in like fifth grade right it was probably geared for high school students but i read it in fifth grade mm -hmm. and it was um a like a high school couple and i don't know like i'm spoiler alert mm -hmm. um the the boyfriend is in some kind of car accident and he's in a coma um and he dies at the end like he doesn't come out of it and they live happily ever after he dies wow. and i remember like fifth grade me being like really devastated by by both like the idea of like someone teenage years you know like that happening but also i think i was a budding romance reader i felt like like I was sold a bill of goods. Yeah. 
right? The contract that romance writers and readers make is that you get a happy ending. Yeah. And I think even before I started reading romances, I was like, yeah, no, I, I, where's my happy ending? I, I deserve that. That's what I, that's what I paid probably two ninety nine for back in the day. Maybe that's what you were crying about. Really? <laughs> I was like, hey, this isn't how it's supposed to go. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, uh, I was like, this, this is a tough question. And, and, uh, I was thinking, well, how would I answer this? And I was thinking, I think it probably would have been like Brian's song. Oh, yeah. I probably should have just said Little Women, right? Like that's probably. <laughs> I didn't cry over that. Did, did you cry over that? Yes. Did you? Yes. Okay. Doesn't, doesn't everybody? I didn't. No, no I'm heartless. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Although I also can no, you know, probably before that, I definitely also cried over Charlotte's Web. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, how far back are? We? <laughs> I can understand that. Yeah, yeah, right. The king, the mice, and the cheese too. You know, <laughs> oh. Doctor Seuss. Man. So, hey, so, or the Giving Tree, like that book. Oh. I think I, those were like angry tears. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. selfish little kid yeah that was rough that was <laughs> okay rough. i'm gonna stop now because we could do this for an hour <laughs> i know i know i was just gonna say and you know paddington always makes me sad the poor little guy, poor little guy. yeah yeah so um and, and paddington is like he's iconic he's just awesome in my book so yeah yeah um so I want to ask you, um, you know, a lot of your books, right, um, lately have been centered around food and beverages. So, so let me ask you, if you were on a desert island, mm -hmm. aside from food and beverages, mm -hmm. what two things would you want to have with you? So it's a trick question, right? Is it? Yes, because like... You know, my default answer, I mean, assuming your answer isn't like a cell phone, a call for help, like, <laughs> and I have like, I, I want a laptop to write, but then that would run out of battery. I want a pen and paper, but I would probably use it up really fast. So could I have like a whole ream of paper? Yeah. Um, and would that be enough? And like a pen that would never run out of ink. Yeah. Um, or staples. Or staples. <laughs> this whole store. Um, like a store, right? Yeah. Just a store. Yep. that I can. Um, so I'm being probably a little too literalist, but I, I do come from a long line of engineers, even though I was an English major. Uh -huh. um, and so I, I do, I'm very quick to get in the weeds and the practicalities of like, how, how that would work. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But assuming it would be an infinite supply, I think pen and paper, because then you can write stories um, and if you're there for forever, you forget about what you wrote and then you get to, you have something to read as well. So oh, there you go. It's twofold. It's a, it's a twofer. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. It wasn't a trick question, really. No, it's, and it's, I think, you know, I think it's a, a fun party game kind of question that you learn a lot about people. But I think what I learned about myself is that I'm very quick to get in the weeds of things rather than like the nice big picture. <laughs> I, 
Yeah, you know, it's a tough question. It really is. Um, I I think because there's so much out there that you have to choose yeah. from, right? Right. And like, should you be practical and survivalist or should it be like luxury? Because there's also part of me that like wants some soap because I really like taking showers and yeah. not being filthy and smelly. Yeah. Yeah. But like that's. Yep. Eh, yeah. Too yep. many options. I know there are totally are. All right. So maybe it was a trick question. It's all right. I, you know, again, I could have just said my favorite book, but <laughs> no, I have to make this hard. So that's, apparently. That's all right. That's all right. We like hard. Yeah. So, um, what would you say is your most interesting writing quirk? If you have any. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I often cite writing out of order. Um, which appalls some people, but I actually think is more common than, than people want to admit. Um, I, I think one of my quirks is that I don't do that, like inspired, creative, get lost in my own words, marathon kind of writing session. I write mostly in the morning before I go to work. So it's usually like half an hour to an hour. And even when I have days off and theoretically can write all day and maybe need to because I'm on deadline, like <laughs> I can write for about half an hour to an hour. And then I like have to get up and go do something else. Like I don't, I never sort of get all swept up or frantic or, you know, mm -hmm. inspired in that way. And sometimes I wish I did. I just don't think I have that kind of artistic temperament. See above, re-getting in the weeds about what you'd have on a desert <laughs> island. Um, it feels very boring and practical, but. So is that how you approach life though? Like, do you just kind of do things in, in little chunks of time rather than go out and do the whole, I don't know, plow the whole field? Yeah, I think it is. I, um, I, I, I tend to kind of break up tasks. Yeah. Um, I think one of the, the challenges of doing that is that I have great enthusiasm for starting new projects and sometimes have trouble finishing them. Um, whether that's mowing a pasture, I just, uh, a friend helps me build a closet, which is great, but like the finishing is probably gonna take me two months. Or a manuscript, I write about two thirds of it and run out of steam and would just as soon start the next instead of finishing the one I started. Yeah, yeah, okay, I, I get that. <laughs> Tiny new project. Yes, right. Exactly. <laughs> so um what what would your family say is your the most unique thing about Aurora? Well, if we're talking like biological family, um I, I, I think the very existence of Aurora feels like a bit of an anomaly to them. Really? Um, I I come from a fairly, not fairly, very conservative, very Catholic, very Southern family. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so the fact that I've, you know, moved away, I, I put it air quotes around become queer. Um, and to the North, no less. To the North, write romances, like, I, like everything about my existence is very black sheep. <laughs> they don't get you. <laughs> no, and they're most of them are not mean about it. A couple of them are, but most of them, but they're just 
I think genuinely baffled. Yeah. Yeah. How did we produce this? How, how did that happen? <laughs> I went to that college and got all that learning and yeah. things got out of hand. Those darn liberals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and so that's um, your biological family. How about your, your like family of choice, friends, people you hang with? Um, I, I think, I think those people who, who sort of love all of me would, would sort of say that I, the, the things I love is they're not, they're not incompatible, but they, they seem a little incongruous sometimes. Um, I mean, I have. I have a pretty, I won't say high level. I'm like a middle manager at a college. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have a very sort of like legitimate career. Mm -hmm. Um, But I kind of want to be a hobby farmer um, and gardener and DIY person, but also would love to be a full-time writer, but also would love to like own a bakery and have my own cooking show. And I, 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 I think maybe what what's unique about that is that i dabble in all of it Mm -hmm. my my sort of running joke about myself is that i'm a jill of all trades and a master of none Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and i I think that that ripples pretty far and wide in my life you sell yourself short because i have seen pictures of some of your handiwork on social media yeah, just don't look too close. So things are a little lopsided or not quite square. Uh, looks good it's to fun. me. <laughs> good enough, right? Like I am, I am, I am one with good enough. Awesome. I I love good enough. I love good enough. Yep. Um, perfection is just something I can never achieve. True story. Yeah, yeah. Look at us being all deep in therapy again. I know. How about that? That's why I love this podcast. <laughs> So speaking of deep and all therapy, did you make any New Year's resolutions or goals this year? So it's funny you ask that. I actually, um, I, I wrote a couple of blog posts, one for my writer blog and one for my, another thing I'm dabbling in is life coaching. Um, so if you would like to turn your life around, hit me up. Um, how's that going? it's it's great it's it's it is challenging to have the full-time job and now two side hustles yeah that's like the farm but um i'm working with a couple of clients and i really i really love it it's 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 adjacent to what i've spent my career doing Mm -hmm. um but kind of the best parts of it um kind of helping people tap into their creativity and and pursue what they're most passionate about um so that's really exciting um and and i love it um that is it's it's fun to help people like that really yeah like and i think to themselves right right and so as i was thinking about what you know i kind of wanted to put out there in, in those capacities around new year's um i really sort of pushed back against resolutions because i've spent many years making resolutions and i think i don't think there's anything inherently wrong with it i think it new year's is a really great time to take stock mm-hmm. of of kind of where you are, where you want to go. As my therapist and I like to say, you know, you're not 
starting for over, you're just correcting course, maybe, you yeah. know, if you feel like you've just kind of drifted a little bit away from kind of your, your truest self and what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, the resolution was to um, actually not, not let New Year's resolutions turn into like a, an extra to an extra big to do list. Yeah. Um, but to actually take that step back, do that kind of taking stock and to think really big picture and to dream big, bold, audacious things. Cool. Um, and actually not let myself get too bogged down in, you know, the logistics of how I'm going to make it happen. The engineering stuff. Right. Yeah. Wow. Th- that's great. That's like, um, it's not, you know, like I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, but it's really a more global refinement of how you operate in life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the big and much scarier than I think we want to give it credit for. What do you want? Question. Mm-hmm. Um, you want it all. I don't want it all. You no. can't have it all. So you have to think about like, what do you really want? Mm-hmm. And not to go, you know, too far down that path. But like for me thinking about, I, I've made a conscious decision to not, to, to sort of curb any ambition I have with regard to my kind of traditional professional career, right? Mm-hmm. I've been in my current role for almost, well, it's grown and, and sort of expanded a little bit, but I've been kind of at my current place for almost 10 years. And by rights, you know, it's a, it would be very reasonable to look for like, what's the next step up the ladder. Yes. And I've sort of, I've chopped that off and said, nope, that's actually not in support of the, the life I want. Okay. Um, I'm going to put my energy in other directions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah you know, that's great. That's, and you, you already have like different irons in the fire already. Um, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, you have to like, you have to be willing to sort of give stuff up. You get, you know, yeah. we have identity and ego all wrapped up in, in some of those things and oh, you yeah. have to sort of be willing to let that part of it go. Too. Oh yeah. You know it for sure. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, that's great. That's great. And I totally agree with you. Like I, I, I don't set like resolutions because it's like a setup for failure for me. Mm-hmm. So I like to think of, all right, what are, what are some of the things I want to maybe change? It's like, let's hit the reset button. And yeah. And yeah. yeah. So, um, and it, it gives it a whole different meaning. And then I take the pressure off of myself and say, Oh my God, I didn't work out five times this week or, you know, like stuff like that. And it's like, no, 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 that's not what it's about. You know? Um, yeah. So yeah, that's cool. Good for you. Now I really want to ask you about your resolutions, but I know that's not why we're here. No, we're not. Oh, shut down. <laughs> it's kind of an open door. You could have taken it, but it's okay. Uh, my resolutions. So I, I really, again, I don't have resolutions, but what I want to do is just uh, be more attentive to people. Nice. That's, that's what I want to do. So I've been trying to spend less time, you know, scrolling. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
uh, more time just uh, building relationships and getting outside of my own head, those kind of things, you know? I love that. That's a lovely big picture kind of yeah. resolution. There's not, we have to have another word than, than sort of resolution, but I suppose it can, we can just take back resolution. Like yeah. the, the, the sort of diet and exercise industry shouldn't get to own the word resolution because no. I feel sometimes they do. No, not Yeah, they do. They, they, yeah, they capitalize on that. Uh, right? You know, yeah, they do. Uh, it's not right. <laughs> they give it a bad name. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to take back that word. It's ours now. It's, it's ours now. It's healthier. <laughs> so, um, well, thank you, Aurora Ray, for being on the show today. You are always a pleasure to talk with. Uh, you are welcome back anytime. And I uh, just want to ask you if you have any parting words for our listeners. Well, I feel like I should say thank you for going on that uh, very meandering journey that we, <laughs> I can't just answer your questions. I have to, I will meander with you anytime, Aurora. I love it. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I will sort of, I, I think my parting word will, will sort of be of that kind of new year's taking stock ilk. Um, and I feel like it suits my, my job as the associate Dean, my, my sort of self as a writer and my my sort of burgeoning life coach what do you want like let yourself really ask the question and care about and be invested in the answer mm -hmm. whatever it is because it's very easy to get lost in the noise of what everybody else wants or expects or needs um what do you want so true that's very true great words to live by right yeah so is every day yeah especially those of us who are like southern and like focusing on our own wants is like the cardinal sin right? yeah totally yeah. sorry again i'm meandering i'll stop That's thank okay. you for having me it's great no no i love having you here thank you yeah um you know but that's all the time we have for today um i'm anita kelly and thanks for joining les talk about books and thanks again to Aurora Ray for making our Valentine's Day podcast special. Um, thanks. Yeah. Thanks again. Happy Valentine's Day to you and to everyone. Thank you. Yes. Happy Valentine's Day, folks. And until next time, may your journey be lighthearted. Peace be plenty and be safe, folks. <laughs>